Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks for hanging out with us for the next three hours. You can text us, share your thoughts, your comments. As always, Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610. We want to recruit you just like it is with signing day for the next three hours and keep you aboard. I wanted to share some signing day stories. We have one person that played a D1 sport. We have one person that was a part of signing day once upon a time. Maybe not day, West, but you were certainly recruited, and we can share some of those stories. Also, Fiddy, I know you have some after somebody just took one look at you with your torn ACL dropping 37 in a church league basketball game. Can you tell me how that signing day went for you? Um, it, man, it went it went it went really well. I'm now in well, the church. Well, you know, Fiddy doesn't like the announcement, so he probably yeah, no, just kept it low key and yeah, he probably just kept it low key, you know, kind of like my announcement of the church basketball hall of fame. You're humble. You're a really humble dude. So I appreciate you helping me out there. All right, let's pull up to the scene. <laughs> let's open up the doors and let's get off the bus talking about some signing day stories. At least with one guy actually playing legitimate D1 sports. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! you agree to go to Florida and what was some of those uh what was that recruiting process like Wes but also how many other recruiters were heavy in your year trying to convince you to go to their campus um all right so the process like I said my head was definitely quite on swole when I was getting recruited and uh but it was a lot of fun I still have all of my recruiting mail I have every last piece of it still at the house in a box I've got pictures photo albums from chips that I took and stuff like that um from the University of Florida. That was the only official visit that I took, but I took a lot of unofficial visits. Uh, my senior year, I went to a game pretty much every weekend because when you were getting recruited at that time, you got two extra tickets to the game, so you got to come. So I was at a game every weekend, and so the process was just kind of, it was funny. Um, Duke was my first ever offer, and I kind of treated it like it was just like, yeah, hey, whatever. And then even when uh, Wake Forest offered me the first time with Caldwell's staff, I was just like, eh, you know, whatever. Because I had a quarterback and a defensive back that were higher rated than me. Our defensive back was the number one recruit in the state. Our quarterback was the number one quarterback in the state. So they were getting a little bit more love from me, and I had a little bit of a tip on my shoulder because I was way more of a consistent player than those two guys. So they were my boys, You're but like, I still was just like, yeah, I was sitting there like, all right, man, you know, I'm like, I'm the one that's out here getting it. Well, wait, what do you mean they were getting more love? Just in the sense that the coaches were talking to them a little more? What were they saying to they had a little bit fancier, a little bit fancier offers than I did, especially okay. the fact that Florida State wanted them, and that was my dream school. And so, when um, you know, I was just like, man, these guys, you know, coming out here not living up to their billing every week, and I am. I'm like, what gives, you know? So, uh, but it was all good at the end of the day. And so, when Florida came, like we had. One month, I remember they put it in the Charlotte Observer. We might have had 50 to 60 coaches come to our school in March, I want to say. I mean, no, no, no. They came. In, I forget which month it was, but we had a bunch of them come. Florida State, Florida, Miami all came on the same day. The former two wanted the other two guys. Florida wanted me. 
And so then that coach, Lawson Holland, who's from Mooresville, he came down. And when I met him that week, he said, you know, we're going to come to the game. We played East Gaston, I think it was that week. And he was like, I'm going to come to the game. I'm going to check you out. If we like what we see, I'll call you midweek and offer you or whatever. And so I played against this poor kid, man. He couldn't have been no more than about 190. Oh, you wrecked him. You wrecked him. Yeah, it was bad. And so uh, (laughs) my coach, he caught the same play like four times in a row just because I was just driving a kid like 10 yards off the ball. Hey, and shout out to your coach, though. If somebody's there to watch you and he's going to say, hey, my guy is showing out. There's a D1 coach in the stands. Let's go ahead and show out and draw the same play. Yeah, coach was my guy, man. He loved me, man. Coach Gary Finger that was at Vance at the time, he used to call me Steady Eddie because I just always bought out every week and he's just like yeah that's you know this is my guy and I had you know a little bit different relationship especially with our quarterback that was a story in and of itself but was your um, QB not steady Eddie so much no he was school. not steady okay. Eddie yeah, that'll do it <laughs> uh so yeah man it was cool and I remember like it was yesterday I used to get so mad on days I didn't get mail or phone calls and I remember you know my mom just busting in my room when Florida called and she's like it's Florida she was like they offering but you know when they say it but they can't say it out loud so she's mouthing yeah. she's like they offer yeah. and I was like okay and so it was cool man and then signing day was pretty simple because I committed to Florida that's why I only took one trip and then that, on signing day I went up to WPG at the time and Got me a chicken biscuit that morning. Got the Cajun filet on the way. You got to, if you're going to treat this day right, <laughs> yeah. you have to get a Cajun filet Got biscuit. the Cajun filet combo. Went to 598. Had a little fun on the radio. And then I went to school and faxed my letter in to Florida. Taught it a day. And then at the end of the day, the news came to film uh, the three, me and my defensive back. Because our quarterback was an early signee. Back when that was just becoming a thing, being an early signee and going in January. So he he was gone. But we um, the news came and filled me and my man, Robert Bowyer. And, you know, we did our little stuff with the news and stuff like that. Well, we were both committed. All right. So there are a couple of things I wanted to ask about. There's actually a lot of questions I had. Okay. So, one, I just want to point out how old you are with you saying you faxed your letter. You faxed your commitment <laughs> to Florida. <laughs> Yeah, this was 2001, so I was like 17, maybe yeah. 16. and That's not happening anymore. Yeah, man, I just went and faxed it to them. And got it. That's what they used to do, because when they used to show the behind the scenes, they'd show the coaches sitting by the fax machine waiting for them yep. to roll in those letters of intent. So the other thing is, with Florida, you didn't really go into your desire to go there, because you've always talked about how you were a huge Florida mm, State fan. Yeah. Did you want to go to Florida in some part to spite a rival of your favorite school for not having offered you a scholarship? Did that play into it at all? No, that didn't play into it. It was just more so they were the biggest school at that time. You know, I had mail from a ton of places, a lot of the the big schools, but Florida was the biggest school at that time that had offered. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going. I mean, they were powerhouse, top five team. When I went to Florida my freshman year, we were preseason number one. What was the second biggest school that offered you anything? Because um, NC State, they did not offer you or they did? No, NC State did. Okay. I just didn't want to go there because they wanted me to be a center. Right. So that was the only reason I, I did not go there because I did like NC State a lot. I had Wake. I had Carolina. I had... Uh, so you had all the local schools. Yeah, all the local schools, yeah. And then like some of the... 
schools that were further away, like the Ohio States and Stanford's and stuff like that, like they were a little different. They wanted us to show interest that we wanted to come so that they wouldn't mm-hmm. kind of waste resources in their mind coming down to see us and spend time with us. And we didn't really want to go there. All right. So this is a very limited group that we're asking because it's really hard to be so good that you're either recruited or it's really hard to be so good that you think you have a shot as a walk on where you're sending or faxing or telegramming whatever it's a video and mail to these schools in order to let them know that you're coming there or that you would like to get some of their interest but we do have sweet tea writing in on the carolina men's clinic text line that he remembers sending some vhs tapes during his <laughs> recruiting trip yes yeah. and that reminds me of my brother so i have a couple of recruiting stories one is my brother was good at basketball that was dominating our family and there was a connection between him and bob mckillop he used to say how much he wanted to play at Davidson mm. despite playing high school basketball in Indiana. So there was a hookup where Coach McKillop traveled to Indianapolis High School. Shout out to Park Tudor, who since had been the high school of a Jaron Jackson before he transferred to Yogi Ferrell, who got a cup of coffee well, in the NBA. Yeah. yeah, Yogi Ferrell planted IU, freshman sensation. So that's where my brother played. Also, Vitas Danilus. My man, Vitas. He yep. stay four or five doors away from me at the dorm. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. it smelled a little funky over there maybe yeah, once yeah. in a while. Vitas yeah. like the vodka. Yeah. Okay. Which <laughs> 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 And just slamming on people. Oh, in high yeah, so Vetus I got to see nice. him Got to see him a couple times in high school. He played with my younger, yeah. older, but younger brother than Bobby. So anyways. He was destroying people, huh? Destroy. I, I mean, <laughs> dunking on him. I mean, yeah. like, you, if you didn't get out of his way, yeah. you were going to be on a poster because yeah. nobody could stop him in the post. And so they got they made a deep run. Courtney Clancy also was able to go play at, at high uh, at IU. But my brother, good enough to at least get the coach's attention. And what happens? Bob McKillop goes all the way up to Indianapolis just to see what my brother was talking about. And has an awful game, man. Oh gets, man, gets a little lemon booty. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. It was so much to, because they were a talented team also. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many minutes he got, but it wasn't good. And he said how bad he was and then never heard from him. Oh, man, that's tough. Nothing it, like that. That's yeah. like an above the rim. Remember uh, yeah. Dwayne Martin's kick that kept getting frustrated when the coach was coming to see him and he didn't have as good a game as he wanted. Because back then, like you said, you didn't have YouTube and stuff like that where you could just put together all your best stuff, send them a link, and they could check it out. It was like your coach. And then the, the famous one from a lot of guys, and a lot of guys did go through it. The coach don't like me. He ain't sending my tapes. Yeah. He's not doing what he needs to do for me, sending my tapes places. Uh, we, we got Sweet Tea writing in. Remember Salesman? You might know him as okay. one of the biggest contributors to Panthers fandom out there. Great follow on Twitter. He also yeah. said on the text line that he faxed in his letter of intent to yeah, man. the Send good old fax. days. The good old days. <laughs> the only recruiting, I only got recruited, and I put quotes, I'm not trying to sit, make myself sound bigger like a torn ACL yeah, man, score in 6-7 or anything story. like that. So, I'm playing. I'm sorry for the straight video. But what I'm saying is I only got one recruiting story. It was at UNC Wilmington team camp where we played some of the better high school players in the state at that time. Stillman White was one of those guys. I talked about the beatdown we suffered against Terry Sanford. So played against Cape Fear Academy. They had a 7-4 guy. I kid you not. 7-4 where he was so wide, like 350 pounds, not one of these tall Victor Wembanyama looking dudes. Yeah, He was a wide load. And I played him well enough to just get leverage to where here I am playing post because I'm 6'6", 
but I'm making sure I get under his kneecaps and driving him back as much as I can because yeah. I'm not going to be able to stand up to him anywhere yeah. above the kneecaps. So yeah. it's all leverage, getting low, trying to drive him back as much as I can. I scored like 10 points, 12 points, something like that in three quarters of play. Nothing going crazy. That sounds like a work day to me. Nothing. 10, 12 points, guarding a 7-4 guy. But it was because of the classic, oh, this guy fights. Yeah. He left it all out there on the floor. <laughs> So I get a one of those finger, like, hey, come here for a second. One of those finger waves. Hey, why don't you come here? And then I got to talk to the guy. Didn't hear from him ever again. Stop. So that was my recruiting story that I got. But it was all about playing that 7-4, dude. That was about it. That's yeah, the only thing man. that we did. What could have been? What could have been, well, fitting? Shout out to all the kids today. Congrats to you all. And the thing I will say is get ready for the work because it's all fun and games when you get recruited and everything's all good and you're in high school, man. And then once you get to college, that thing hits you like a ton of bricks. That Yeah, this is this is the real deal. The work has only begun. 864 asked, never heard of lemon booty. Is that similar to chocolate or cherry booty? No, <laughs> nothing like that. Lemon booty is when things get a little tight. You yeah, don't, a little tight. You're not relaxed for the moment. You choke a little bit. That's how you get lemon booty. And that's what happened with my brother. I apologize for sharing that on air. And speaking of the VHS tapes, I remember watching the VHS tape that he had to send out to a bunch of different schools. And it was hilarious because you're making sure that you make every single shot from the top of the key. Like you got to hit 20 in a row in order to get some attention. You can't yeah. just hit five in a row. You don't want to show any misses there. So however many takes it took, I never asked him. But yeah. I can't imagine he did it <laughs> on the first try. It's National Signing Day. Sharing a few stories here on Weston Walker. Speaking of signing some talented players, we know the Carolina Panthers continue to need to do that. What's an underrated position the Panthers need help with? We talk about it next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. to that part. Sometimes, like, we don't talk about it a lot, and nor should we. I, I like it being in the background. Sometimes when we come back with just to give you a peek behind the curtain, I just like the music speaking for itself, and then we move on. But sometimes a beat just gives you so much of a stank face, you got to acknowledge it. You got to, man. And I just have to do it with that. I know what's our all-time booty mover song that we got to go to? Chub Rock, right? Yep. That's what it is. Fiddy can't hear that title without laughing, but it's okay. <laughs> it's still a classic. That's one, too. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Uh, you're eight years old. It's Sports Radio 92.7 FM. You can text us 704-570-9610 on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. Fitty, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh-huh. But people have texted in because sometimes we're bad at this, and I'll take responsibility because I sometimes will forget to war cry Wednesday. You don't like it anymore. We need to – I forget about it. Yeah. Wes is always good about bringing it up if we forget. You know about it, but you want to pass it by because you just aren't about that life anymore. Well, because, I mean, I go legitimately all out. Like, I, this is good. That's the a most good thing. effort I put into it. And, uh, you know, I got to host a podcast. Like, you know, I got to do a show. I'm going to yeah. be out at Radio Row or Media Row tonight covering the Jumpman Invitational. Hey, You're hey. going to be watching the game. Yeah, all that – 
all that mess you talking. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all got jobs to do, man. That's and right. Our job on Wednesday is to and give the people the war cry that they desire to get through the week. And I know, and I'm glad that Wes holds us accountable. He's the best at it. I will forget, and he will let me know during the break or even on the air. Hey, Walker, stop tripping. It's Wednesday. It's War Cry Wednesday, <laughs> and people need our help. Look, we got salesman writing in. He's got to do a, a lot of Christmas shopping that we need to talk to him. And so, like, we're trying to give him all the Panthers takes. We need to get a jolt of energy flowing through salesman. Anybody that's right. else that's out there Christmas shopping? I know it's stressful for people, and also just getting through the last couple of days before the holiday. That's break. right, man. I know some people out there that want a War Cry, trying to find their kid that favorite toy. That's right. Might be one left, and you. Snatch it at the same time as somebody else, and y'all might have to. You, know, mm, yeah. you might let that war crowd, and I it might that. startle them enough to let go of it so that you can get what it is that you need to put that smile on your child or spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever it is on their face, mama, whoever. Wes, I love everything you just said. Yeah, You're man. so right. I like the idea of somebody having an AirPod in and listening to the Wes and Walker show. Yeah fighting for the last action figure for their child. That's right. And whoever has the AirPod in wins on War Cry Wednesday. That's right. If they ain't listening, then I'm sorry. Your kid <laughs> is going to be begging for an action That's figure right. next year. They're going to say, Daddy, you didn't let out the War Cry. We're for the kids on Weston right. Walker. That's Let's right. do it. War Get Cry Wednesday, cubicle, together. out in the streets, at the intersection, shopping, eating. In the toy store, wherever yet. Three, two, one, let it go. Get that yeah. damn toy for your children. Get that It feels weird now that I don't have a bed to go to, like a music bed to hit, get off the bus. It feels very weird, but now we will transition into reading some of the other text. Do you remember the point that you grabbed the microphone for, Fiddy, that you wanted to bring up when we talk about um, bringing this in, some of the all-time booty movers, the beats that we were mentioning coming back from break? Oh, yeah. It's um, because the beat we came back to, one of my all-time favorites, I give the stank face. You've been saying that a lot about the beats here recently, which makes me happy. I love it. I know the instrumentals. I don't know the song. So I think at some point we got to have like a music night where we get together as a show at Walker's house, reverse seared steaks, maybe a cigar or two, you know, some some brown liquor. And y'all just give me the lyrics of all these great songs that we play here. From yeah, we're going to make Fiddy a playlist with all his favorites and just put them in. But you're not, you do Pandora, right? So that'd be hard to give you a playlist. You might have to get on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, I am more of, I mean, I've got Spotify, but whenever I do listen to music, I do, I do go to Pandora. It's just... It's like Old Faithful, you know. It's always there for me. Yeah, we need to make you a playlist so then you can uh, have all your jams that you like at your disposal. My girlfriend and my friends are rolling their eyes right now because they know that's exactly what I would want to do, inform people about music. And they get annoyed sometimes. Like, it's a running joke when Mm -hmm. I hear a beat and I say, man, this is one of the best beats of all time. It's like, yeah, Walker, (laughs) we know about 1,300 best beats of all time, okay? Like, there can't be 1,300 elite beats. There can only be 10, 50, whatever. There can't be thousands of them, despite my best uh, attempt to say so. Hey, did you know, too, I I was thinking about you, matter of fact, you know, when I'm in the car, Bryce, we listen to a lot of clean, all clean, but and then sometimes (laughs) if they say too much, we... Still won't listen to said song. But then just the last couple of weeks, because he likes listening to instrumentals on YouTube and stuff, there's so many great instrumental playlists on there Spotify. Are. 
And I was wondering if you knew about them like that because they have a great 90s rap instrumentals and it's got like 100 plus in there and they have a lot of the classics. In college, my go-to to study for exams, especially during exam week, it would be to go to the library, find a hip-hop instrumental station, lots of Pete Rock on there, mm-hmm. lots of Pete Rock, lots of Jay Dilla because you need that jazz smooth sound because I don't need anything crazy upbeat while I'm trying to get my study on. So if you got the slower beat, the jazz influence, that's what I would roll with. So okay. you're right. I did know about that. Um, I do want to get to some Panther conversation. I wanted to wanted to read more text. Five for 12 said, out here delivering these Christmas packages yes, sir. 12 hours a day. I need that war cry. So that's what we do it for, Fitty. When you don't feel like doing it, you think right. about that guy that's out there delivering packages for 12 damn hours. He might be dropping something off at your house. We, we do it for Pfeiffer. We do it for everybody referencing... Arnold Schwarzenegger needing that war cry for Jingle All the Way. <laughs> people are referencing that movie. A couple of people have already said that. A cowherd said Christmas shopping done. Uh, got a lot of other things that you need to be. Uh, let's that let's are get on it cracking. I want to hear from people that the crazy Christmas shopping yep. stores where they had to make a mad dash to get something, or they had to get into it with somebody, or really had to maybe not necessarily fisticuffs hitting on somebody, but where they just really got into a contentious situation mm. over something that they really wanted to get for somebody in their life, and the scarcity caused the situation. Maybe some parking lot situations, finding yes, that, I'm la- saying. Finding that saying. last spot. Yeah, or the I was here first. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely the road rage is going to happen, mm-hmm. but I want to hear, the, hey, I was here first, or, uh, I'm getting this, or something like that, where you got into it just a little bit with people mm-hmm. trying to get that special gift. All right, let's let's give you a, a little football here. After all, I let's guess do this that is too. a sports we'll give station. You the gift of yeah, talk sports guy is probably livid right now. And so we can go to 704 writing in. We asked... Underrated positions the Panthers need help with. Mm-hmm. Offensive line, not underrated. We know what that is. We know that they need help at wide receiver to help your young QB and Bryce Young. What are some of the underrated spots that you would be cool with investing something pretty high in? Maybe that'd be a lot of cap space. Maybe that'd be a second round pick, something like that. 704 said, I like Tuttle, but I think he's out of position. So that's a 704 text. Sam DeMann wrote in, the Panthers need left tackle number one. Number one wide receiver two, uh, number two wide receiver three, slot wide <laughs> receiver number four. The underrated ones are guard, center, another pass rusher, that corner. should not be underrated. Those to me are not underrated yeah. areas of need. To to me, those are precedent. Those are of the utmost priority of needs to me. So guard and center should not be an underrated area of need. That's the problem now. That's why you got the pocket collapsing every now and again, or as often as it is, it needs to be priority. So I disagree with that take. Guard and center need to be of the highest priority this offseason. Yeah, it, it's hard to find one that isn't discussed a lot because this is one of the least talented rosters in the league, especially on offense. And if Brian Burns leaves, we know the importance of pass rusher because it's not like you got a lot of sack totals anyway. Mm -hmm. And if Brian Burns leaves, then you don't have really any pass rusher that you feel great about. Defensive tackle. I got one for you. I wonder about defensive tackle, Wes. That'll be my answer. Yeah, I've 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 got one for you. Uh, I'm gonna go with that left defensive end, where Deshaun Williams is, and uh, you know people can tend to think you know in a three four that the defensive ends because they have to be space takers a lot of the times but that's an important position and you want to force over there because again you know 
I remember when the 49ers had Justin Smith and Alden Smith on the same side. And those two wreaked havoc. And it was to the point to where Justin Smith was so good that when he wasn't in the lineup, Alden Smith didn't have the same type of production. And so you've got Derrick Brown and Brian Burns. You put those two guys, uh, you know, on the same side, if you like, and they're going to wreak havoc together. But if you can find yourself a force at that left defensive end and that defense, then if you, you know, end up keeping one of the other outside pass rush guys, whether it's the Haynes or whoever the case may be, but if you could find a guy in free agency at that other outside linebacker spot, really good free agent or a guy that you draft that, that you end up hitting on, and then you got a really good defensive end in the front of him that co- that can command a double team, that will be invaluable to this defense because Justin Smith used to wreck fools, and then Alden Smith would benefit a lot off of that. So You're looking for different identity edge rushers is what you're saying. Like you, you kind of want somebody that's big on one side and then athletic on the other. Like ideally you would want on your defensive ends in this defense, like Derrick Brown with his athleticism, He's been a great fit at that other side because he's what you want. He's giving you that size at 320-plus pounds or whatever he is. He's a force, and then you want big defensive ends in this defense. Deshaun Williams is no small guy, but if you can get a guy like Justin Smith was like maybe 6'4", 6'5", about 285, but he could play. Like, he could get to the quarterback, but he could stop the run, and he was a, you know, he could be a double-digit sack guy in a given season. If you're able to find that, that is golden in a 3-4. Like a Chris Long, for example. He's a, a sick 3-4 fit uh, in that defense. If you can find a guy that can really cause disruption in the passing game, stop the run, and a guy that offenses feel like at times they need to commit two blockers to, and then you've got a guy coming behind him that can play ball too, Oh, man, that's when you take your defense to another level. You know who I think of? You're not going to like it. You're going to scoff at it immediately. Okay. Who's the defensive end I might be thinking of right now? Just who serves as that ability as a pass rusher, but has been a really good run defender at that spot. On the Panthers? No, just in in general. I don't want to give too much. I'm stumped. Jadevian Clowney. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. During this off, now he's been really good for Baltimore this mm-hmm. year. He's act, he's really, I don't know about resurrected, but like you see him playing some good football. But he's always been somebody that was certainly uh, underwhelming as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You draft the number one generational talent type guy. He certainly never lived up to that. But he's always been a really good defend uh, defender against the run. Like you got ninety grades from him, just real strong, just keeping people's hands off of him. Seven and a half sacks this year, man. Yeah, no, he's been good. Yeah. He's been good. Um, so that's one guy I think of. The number one answer we're getting on the text line is linebacker, and I don't know how underrated that is. I, it, it's hard for me to really find something that other fans haven't mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I think what we're finding out is, man, we need everything, and everybody knows we need everything. Yes. It's it's hard to find something that's under discussed. Linebacker is one that is coming in a lot because Shaq Thompson didn't even play this year, didn't even know if he was going to be on the team anyway, got hurt, and an older guy, who are you going to put alongside Frankie Louvu if you keep him? They've been looking for that other linebacker forever. They tried it with um, the linebacker out of, I think, what is it, Carter. They tried with him. They tried with Brandon Smith, and he flamed out a lot more quickly than I think most people thought. That's why I go defensive tackle, though, Wes. I don't think people think about defensive tackle. Come on, the nose. Well, I'm just talking about even just maybe if you have a four base and then you have two defensive tackles, mm-hmm. one guy alongside Derek Brown, mm-hmm. then you can allow both of those guys to eat. So because we know Averro, yeah, he'll go odd man front. 
but we know that he's also multiple, that he'll dial up the right call for the right situation. And so if you have, for instance, go to Tampa, I know Kansi hasn't done a phenomenal job this year, but I think there are flashes there. And he's young. He's a yeah, pup. And, and they're okay, but real big pass rusher oriented type of guy next to Vita Vea, who does have pass rusher upside, but is also just a run stuffer because you ain't going to move him off his spot unless you bring two dudes in to try to do it. That's very much of the Derek Brown ilk. Like those guys are similar in that regard where they can stuff the run, but they also have some pass rush upside. They can at least, you know, make the quarterback feel uncomfortable. And then you just have somebody they can just let loose alongside him at that defensive tackle spot. Plus if interior pass rush is King, as we've seen with a weak interior pass protection for this Carolina team, and then you can wreak havoc on the quarterback that way, yeah. then defensive tackle is something that's underrated. I would like to have that keeping a strength to strength. If it's one right now with Derek Brown here, you put somebody else alongside him, just think about how much quarterbacks would hate playing you. Oh, I can't step up into the pocket. I got to cut the field in half by rolling to the right side because I can't step up. Somebody's there. Doesn't matter if it's Derek Brown. We can't run the ball because Derek Brown's going to take care of it. And think about how many double teams he eats up constantly. Mm-hmm. And Derek Brown plays 100% of the snaps, Wes. Yeah. Dude's that big playing that position. Nobody does that. Not at that spot. There's no, quite literally, there's nobody in the NFL playing more snaps at that position than Derek is right now. You got to go to Max Crosby, and I think there's one other edge rusher. So, hey, maybe Derek Brown could be even more effective. If you allow him to be fresh and rest him, I don't know, a quarter of the time instead of playing 100%. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of bolstering that as a strength and helping Derek Brown out a little bit more. Yeah, I like it too because the age-old adage is the defense's strength when you are strong up the middle when you're talking interior D-line, middle linebacker, free safety. If you have three guys at that position that can play – your defense is more than likely going to be pretty good. And so even when you're talking about at the base of this 34, you need a big body that can play in the middle. And if you can't find a guy like a Vita Vea that can play at that nose guard, but is still agile enough to be, um, you know, collapse the pocket, but also be able to play the run yeah. in two gaps, a two gap guy, then yeah, you've hit on gold right there because then that guy's going to take uh, precedent. Derek Brown over there on the other side of him can be able to make his Ooh, life nasty. easier. That idea yeah, is nasty. Easier too. There, it makes it life easy on Brian Burns, but also you know your Mike Backer. If you decide to keep Shaq or whomever the case may be, that's keeping them clean yep. to be able to make plays. And then back there at the free safety spot, Xavier Woods. We talked about what he means to that defense, but I do think uh, you know Mike linebacker is a position they could find, especially if you don't keep a Shaq Thompson, because you know this franchise some of the pillars of this organization have been linebackers, whether you talk about Thomas Davis or Keekley or when they had Beeson or um, Dan Morgan or any of those guys, a, a middle linebacker, that's the heart of the defense. And I think the Panthers, Brian Burns, you know, he he's the production hasn't been there all the time. We know that he's a player, but you talk about the heart of the defense, the quarterback of the defense being the Mike linebacker, and the Panthers also need to find that next great. Panthers Mike linebacker it was the history and the present for Carolina for so long now it's just the history and I hate saying that because anytime we talk about the other linebackers in this franchise's history it comes at the expense of Shaq Thompson when I really don't mean it as an insult I don't know how many people do I know he's caught criticism but Shaq Thompson to me is an above average linebacker that can have some really special games but probably not as consistent 
It's just when you're compared to the other linebackers, whether it be Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, goodness gracious, you're going to be worse than Luke Keekley. That's just how it's going to work. John Beeson, first round guys, Dan Morgan, it's going to be tough to put on those shoes and put on the same type of production. And so it's been more so history than the present when it used to be both back in the day. Yeah, Bebop from Rock Thrill asked how much cap space do they have projected next year and how much is it going to get eaten up by Burns and Brown best and worst case scenarios. When you look at the 2024 scenarios, the Panthers clock in with the 13th most cap space at about $38.3 million, uh, that they should have at their disposal, you know, give or take a few dollars. But 38 3, that's pretty solid cap space. You got to think if they keep Brian Burns at this point, he's probably going to take up 27 to 30 of that. But then the Derek Brown scenario comes in too. And the better he plays, the more he's going to want as well. So I would imagine those two are going to take up a, a decent amount. But still, at the end of the day, you're not paying anybody quarterback money. And that's the best part about it. Well, and Matt Greensboro also brought up, I think we, for the most part, at least now, we've been thinking about this in an Avero system. But Matt and Greensboro bringing up the point, how do we even know what def- uh, defensive system there's going to be moving forward? And we have more on that. A little bit later on in the show, cornerback also being mentioned quite a bit. Yeah, it, and despite my love for the cornerback reclamation project, we drafted the different things we should say nice stuff about, and cornerback reclamation project was one of them this year. It's gone pretty well. JC being hurt, that sucks for this team, but when he's come back, he's played well. Dante playing the best football that he has in quite some time, and Troy Hill, who I didn't expect much from, legit starter. He looks good. Yeah, he does. Troy Hill's also old as hell. Dante's injury prone. JC's injury prone. You do not feel comfortable at cornerback. Like, you do not move in a space where, oh, okay, we're set. Nah, don't do that. If you got a shutdown corner, if one exists, Wes, <laughs> you still go after that guy. Yeah. If that's the best player available, and, you know, hopefully you can take care of some other positions. Fitty, did you want to do a Fitty Flash to lead us off here today? Oh, he's got one. He's dynamic. Let's he's ready get to it. go. Let's go. Play that Allen Jackson, Fitty. Or Queen, that too. (laughs) The vibes are high in and around Charlotte after the win over Atlanta on Sunday. And Eddie P, the real P in the city of Charlotte. Oh, Willie, no, say it ain't so. One NFC Special Teams Player of the Week after making three field goals including the game winner on Sunday to take down the Falcons. So Eddie Pinheiro, a bright spot in another lost season here in Carolina. How weird is it that the Panthers have actually gotten really lucky with their kicking scenario the last couple of seasons, whether it be Zane Gonzalez or Eddie Pinheiro? It was not great with Joey Sly. You didn't have much kicking luck when you decided to keep Graham Gano over Harrison Butker. And Graham Gano also put up another Pro Bowl-type season when he was here before he ended up playing with the Giants, and we know what happened with Butker. But then it was Joey Sly. You couldn't ever feel comfortable. And it was like, great, now we're bringing in, what was it, Das Boot was here? Oh, I forget his name. We tried so many different guys. And finally, you found somebody in Zane Gonzalez, and then... Eddie Pinheiro, kind of crazy that they've had the kicking luck they've had the last couple of years. Yeah, man, Eddie Pinheiro, no question the MVP of Sunday because, like we said, that last kick was no easy kick in this type of weather. So he got out there and got the job done, and he's been a dependable guy for them this year. Special teams, we got that unlocked. Amir Smith-Marset, 
Johnny Hecker, Chris Tabor, Eddie P. Don't mess with us when it comes to special teams. Let's go to the Charlotte Hornets conversation up next. They play the Pacers tonight. It feels anytime they play the Pacers, people will bring up their blueprint. That's the small market team to abide by. How did they get where they are? Should that still be the case? And how could they do that? How could they copy and paste that method here in the Queen City? Let's get to it. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. the Charlotte Hornets get out of this mess. We just saw Carolina do it. We just saw them get a win against the Atlanta Falcons. Can we see the Hornets get a win here tonight against the Indiana Pacers? It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I did want to read one tweet that we got here, Wes, because I'm really disappointed in McDonald's, man. I'm really disappointed. We got a tweet from C3 Colby saying, y'all just got me kicked out of McDonald's. Because of War Cry Wednesday. <laughs> now I have to eat my McChicken in the car. Happy holidays, fellas. Happy holidays to you. But what I said in return mm. is if my, if McDonald's can't get with you standing on business, then we've lost our way. Exactly. McDonald's of really, I mean, come on, man. It's one of the more ruthless franchises out there. They're here because they also stand on business and we need to War Cry Wednesday. I'm sorry that he has to eat his McChicken in the car. Yeah, man. And I rarely eat in McDonald's anyway. I mean, if I get food like that now because like we talked about how much stuff we listen to i'm gonna get it and park somewhere and listen to something and eat okay. in the what car a, anyway oh <laughs> there are some times where there is an aggressive grabbing of the microphone from fitty he looked deep into my soul grabbed the microphone this man is a man that has a strong take about mcdonald's what you got for us fitty well guess what shrop he's about to walk in the studio with mm, is it exactly what we, i think it is we're gonna have we, we you know i somehow got uh forced to buy all the producers lunch today and uh because i'm cheap i sent them to mcdonald's but yeah man it's funny that mcdonald's does this 24 hours after west told us he was here for all their old school toys that they're giving out yeah and i mean now like if you can't scream at mcdonald's i mean what's the point in even going like you know you've got the play palace like there's going to be little kids in there screaming hooting and hollering would y'all ever <laughs> go in there and purposely get stuck to make your parents come find you just not I never basic, did that. No, just basically not listening to my mom who's yelling at me to get out of the ball pit. No, I knew that if I did stay in the ball pit, as soon as she did get her hands on me, I would no longer live. No, I'm not saying. <laughs> wow. I'm th- oh, yeah, yeah. You Is think- your mom that violent? Walker mom was no joke, man. He had a mom like mine. She wasn't no joke. If I said no, like if I threw a tantrum and just told, all right, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, honey, you know, it's time it. to come out of the ball pit. No. Yeah, no. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Bye. No, I'm I'm gone at yeah. that point. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything like that either. Man. And you know what she would do? She was a type of mom that wouldn't chase me because you know once you start chasing, then it's a game. And then no, she's not chasing me. She just is gonna wait it out. She knows I can't stay in there forever. I'm gonna get hungry. Plus, I'm a little kid. I don't have <laughs> a long enough attention span. Like I'm not gonna want to just stay in there. There are times where you might have fought, but. No, I, I knew what time it was. You I need to get out of the ball I want to fold them, baby. Yeah, and, and it was folding a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I folded really all of the time. All right. I hope the Charlotte Hornets don't fold tonight. Come on, man. Let's get a win. Let's actually bring a big old win home because Indiana, they're reeling right now after the in-season tournament. 
appearance in the final game against the Lakers. They lost, what was it, four, five straight. And this is a team, though, Wes, I think still that's certainly a good stretch of basketball to lead them all the way up until the Lakers game. They end up losing, but that was a fun run for them. And we've seen Indiana do an excellent job of maintaining stability, right? Just finding a way to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. If they fall down, which happens, they don't stay down there much. And they'll find another star, whether it be Tyrese Halliburton, whether Paul George wants out of Indiana. And they parlay that into Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis, where people said eh, Indiana didn't get anything for Paul George. Well, they got two first-round picks, and I forget how what kind of draft compensation, but they got some real good stars. The problem is you got to hit on those guys in the first place, Wes. Like, are there is there anything that we can try to look at with what Indiana has done and apply that here and say, okay, that small market team did. It just feels like everybody points to the Pacers and says, hey, why can't we be them? Well, it, it's hard, especially when you're talking about 20 years of consistency. Mm-hmm. But how do they get started? Well, they have some stars, and they're able to parlay that into different value if one of those stars wants to leave. I, maybe that's what happens here, but they're going to go through a rebuild slash retooling at the very least, and now it's just all capitalizing on the value in return based on whatever steps out of the organization. Well, I think that when you look at the makeup of this team, I think their superstar is Tyrese Halliburton, and I think this team somewhat takes on the mentality of him. Halliburton's a very hungry player. He wants to win. You hear him when he talks about it all the time, just how desperately he wants to win, and I think we've seen that from the in-season tournament run and some of the things. They're making some strides, and I think that's the thing. I talked about it yesterday with LaMelo. I think LaMelo wants to win basketball games, but he's a fun type of winner. It's not an intensity about him. It's not a just a burning desire that I'll make it uncomfortable for everybody in here if we don't win. And I think Tyrese Halliburton is one of those types of players. You look at what he's doing. I mean, the numbers are staggering, 25 points and 12 assists per game. He's putting up big time numbers, but this team is also suffering from what ails the Hornets as well. They're a worse defensive team than the Hornets. When you look at their rank, they're 30th yeah. in opponents points per game. They're 30th in opponents field goal percentage. So this is a team that's the direct the direct opposite because they lead the NBA in scoring. They're number one in field goal percentage. They're top 10 in three-point field goal percentage. They're eighth in three-point field goals made per game, but they don't play any defense. And so, uh, but in order for, you know, Halliburton stays relatively healthy as well. He's available most nights for them. And I think for LaMelo, it's going to be all about health. And then just the mentality of this team, the culture change. And then you look at some of the other pieces that they have around them. They've drafted well. They've got some shooters. Uh, when you talk Buddy Hill and those guys, Miles Turner, the big man, can shoot. So I think it's a combination of all those things. But I think it starts at the top with Tyrese Halliburton being a hungry young player that plays with a chip on his shoulder that kind of rubs off on his team. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, Walker. Isn't Oklahoma City the, the market, the small market team that you want to follow? Well, so the the only problem with that is they have one of the more crazy outlier situations to have ever happened in the NBA history. Because you have three MVP players on your roster. Yeah. Where you're able to, you know, look, people said they shouldn't have traded James Harden at the time. That's certainly true. But you trade James Harden. They lost that trade. You trade Russell Westbrook. At that point, you get a bunch of draft picks in return. It makes all the sense in that trade with Houston. Kevin Durant, he leaves in free agency. But then you're able to, okay, put 
Paul George alongside Russell Westbrook in that trade that we're talking about with Indiana. But now what Sam Presti has done is he's gotten a million different draft picks. Mm-hmm. He's also been able to attract stars like or traded for a Paul George. He got Carmelo Anthony to come there. Wait, they drafted for Paul, they drafted Paul George. And, no, I'm Indiana did. Correct. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're going to OKC now. Oh, okay. So okay, OKC, sorry, OKC. My bad. I thought we were still on Indiana. <laughs> no, well, but it was but it was all because they drafted very high in the draft. So so they get you know in Seattle they get KD second overall in the Greg Oden KD debate. They get Russell Westbrook number four. Yeah, which was a great draft pick. People did not think he was going to be this. Yeah, I mean, time. I mean, I didn't as a guy that yeah. watched him play at, at UCLA. Just an athletic freak that turned very turned out very well. And then James Harden three. I mean, you cannot nail draft picks more than what they did. You cannot. And so, yes, it you you have to have a draft that has that caliber player in it, and then you have to nail it. Three separate times. You've nailed LaMelo and Brandon Miller. You're two-thirds of the way there. Oh, but they ain't James Harden, Russell Westbrook, KD. No, and I, I'm with you. Like, what OKC has done is they have sold everything in order to get draft picks and then try to just last long enough to figure out when to make their move. And I think they're here. So they have Chet Holmgren, SGA, who they were really shrewd with and trading Paul George to the Clippers. They get SGA. And I know you love it. You love my tantrum that I held in Spectrum Center. That's all very true. Yes, I, I'm I'm a better man for it. I've learned from it. I've moved on. But SGA with OKC has blossomed into a phenomenal basketball player. And, and, and Jalen Williams is great. So now, I mean, they, yeah, they just have a roster that fits really well. Here they are contending in the West. And now they have so many draft picks to where they can use that and go get players that help you right now rather than just looking for the future constantly. So if you have LaMelo, you have Brandon Miller, it's a great start. It's why this team is not, you know, you know, it, it has stuff. Like we have a couple of things that you would like going forward with LaMelo and with Brandon Miller, and we'll see what else they decide to keep. Mark Williams. Mark Williams, too. You like, have like, different I mean, value, but yeah, I, I'm with you. You have substance. You have building blocks. Like, I mean, and like, I, I'm there for Indiana, but like, what have they done since... Paul George took him to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, really, since then... Well, it was... Well, Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, they took LeBron to a seven-game series. They, I mean, and, they did. But but this is... And so, right, like, as you're one to know as well, we want to be there. <laughs> like, I know it's not Eastern Conference Finals. I, they did make it with George and Hibbert and yeah. David West and all those guys. But that's kind of the goal right now. It's to win a playoff series. One, it's to get there. Because you have to do the whole crawl before you walk thing. Getting to the postseason is important. But then if you want to try to have that sustained success, the goal should be winning a playoff series. Something they have not done in since 2001. We're talking about over 20 years now. So, but I, OKC is the one that people will go to. You're right. I think it's just, whew, if you want to try to hit on that plan, good luck. I don't think that ever happens again. They should hire uh, Nate McMillan as their next head coach. He has a history and a track record of turning around bad, losing organizations. And it's not completely unprecedented here in Charlotte because we got LJ and Zoe in consecutive seasons, and they turned out to be two of the top players in the league at their positions, MVP type of guys. So we, we've had situations where we've had you know, two players, and you talked about oh, it yeah. all the time, Walker, how they were able to parlay those guys when it didn't work out yeah. into – players that kept the train moving and kept them being a relevant franchise with the Glenn Rices and Eddie yep. Jones and all of those guys. So I think that they can get there. And I think right now they've got guys on the roster that they could perhaps, if they do this thing right, get some pieces uh, to help the train 
to advance mm-hmm. here in Charlotte. Yeah. If they flip them right. Yeah. Big shout to Bob Bass, man. Able to do that. It's it's crazy. You're you're losing so many stars. You're, you're right. I do talk about it all the time because it the odds were so against you. Every star that you moved on from, you got somebody that had a fun stretch in return. That's really hard to do. And now here we are, but new ownership, expect them to clean house. We'll see if they can come out of this on the other side. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the campus Kona, Kona National Signing Day. We'll talk about it coming up next on 92.7 FM.